This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here on, well, I'm sorry to say, a cloudy day thus far. Uh, and Charlie, good morning to you. Oh, thank you, Frank. Just a little shout you. out here. Well, of course. Shirley and I are going to a wedding yes. a little later on this afternoon. Wedding's actually at 1, but when I finish my show at 3.30, oh, I'm going to scoot over. You're not going to actually go to, to the wedding. Uh, you're no, gonna I'm going to crash the wedding. I'm going to be crashing the wedding and heading right to the bar. Yes. So that's a little warning to Peter and Heather McCowan. They're, they're having the wedding in their back. <laughs> Yard. They'll get the security and, uh, guards that's looking for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll send them a photo of what you look like, and the security okay. guards will be able to Thank stop you. Thank you so very much. And one more shout out, oh, if I may. Gosh. Yes. Uh, in our building, there's a wonderful guy, Robert <gasps> yes. O'Neill. Well, his Wake son me up he tells when me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> his son said, Hey, my son just loves AM 740. Mm-hmm. So I said, Well, I'll give him a shout out. So there you go. Emmett, okay. good morning to you. Good morning, yes. Emmett. Good morning, Frank. Now, what's your news? What's your news? Well, I did mention to you just briefly. I've got grubs. Oh, my God. What are you taking for it? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is where you're going to help me, remember? This is the one thing you know. This is right. This is the only thing I know. know. Nematodes. We need nematodes right now. Beneficial nematodes right now. They hunt down and kill grubs. That's it, exactly. Yeah, they're little tiny microscopic worms. Dave, you're on this. Well, yes, and you attach your little gizmo to your your, um, sprinkler or your lawn uh, hose. The garden hose? And gizmo. Yeah. <laughs> gizmo. Well, you go to a garden center and you buy these things. And you got to take them home and put them in the fridge. Or uh, use uh, them immediately. Or use them immediately. There's right none of are. this, like, going, leaving them in the car and going to the wedding. No. Okay, because no. they will bake in the car and die. <laughs> That's they're, right. They're living organisms. When you yeah. buy nematodes, it's, a, it's in a box, in a refrigerator, yeah. in a garden center, but they are alive. Yeah. So you've got to be treated as, as live bait. And they're sort so of the Clint Eastwoods of the lawn. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Make my day. I can just see them coming up yeah. to the grubs, you know, and blam, look out. Well, they actually burrow into the grubs and, and yeah. eat them from the inside, inside out. out. Ooh, yes. So cool. Ooh. So that's Folks what I'm doing. Breakfast. I'm not going to a wedding. I'm going to go kill grubs this afternoon. Gee, I wish I could help you. I wish you could, too, <laughs> yeah. because you know, uh, you'd be really heart, good at that's this. That's a heartfelt statement. You know that, Charlie. All right. Well, okay, that's, hey, I'm, the phone numbers. I'm going to give them yo, out here. Good point. Good yep. Lord. All right. Here they are. You want to talk to Charlie? I, I guess you would. Uh, four, to Charlie. Chalk to Charlie. <laughs> 416-360-0740 in the Toronto area, and then anywhere else in the province, one 740 4740 and that is a toll-free line. Please let Sebastian know if you're a first-time caller, and you will get the wings, the welcome to the show. Yeah, the bell, which gives you the wings, which is the big welcome to the garden show. Good idea to start calling now, as folks already have, uh, because uh, the line goes, the uh, call early, call often, one question per call, and I'm done. 
You're sure? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I know. And the show goes very quickly. So, yes, call early, you call often. And sometimes callers do call back yeah. within the same show, you know, if things go smoothly and quickly. One, uh, I have one short announcement. All right. And that is just to remember that Thursdays, particularly if you've got not much going on on a Thursday afternoon, this would be yeah. good for you maybe, Frank. There are free concerts at the Toronto Botanical Gardens every Thursday early evening. Uh, now, the TBG is located at 777 Lawrence Avenue East in Toronto. That's the southwest corner of Leslie and Lawrence. So every Thursday, beginning this Thursday, free concerts, all different artists. You're in the garden, so it's yeah, all—it's yeah. like a rain or <clears throat> uh, sunshine event. It happens no matter what. And of course, the, um, there's also a farmer's market going on mm. that day, and it's all organic farmer's market vendors. So there's great baked goods. There's wonderful, you know, veggies, obviously, and fruits, and, and even a butcher is off in there. Uh, it's all absolutely free. Just bring a chair. <laughs> You'll be more, most comfortable if you can sit down, but you can buy your dinner in the cafe. You can buy your stuff to take home. You can enjoy music, and you're in the middle of the garden. Wow. How neat is Thursday that? Thursday afternoon. Okay. So plan to be there about four o'clock every, every Thursday. Very good. If oh. not any other day of the week when there's no music, but the gardens are always there. Okay. Folks are already lined up to uh, have a chat with you, and we'll be back to say hi to Brenda, Shirley, Pat, and a whole bunch of other folks in just a few moments. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. you picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, Charlie, let's uh, have a little drive out to Dundas. Say hi to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. Um, Charlie, about a fortnight ago, I was talking to you about a flower, and I didn't know the name. It looked like a thistle with a sort of yellow fuzzy top. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I went into Gray's Florist, which is a florist shop here in Dundas, mm-hmm. and they got it up on their computer, and they told me it's a safflower. Oh, okay. Huh. From so birdseed. You know. <laughs> it must have grown from birdseed. Well, I do put seeds down to keep away the squirrels mm-hmm. and when they germinate I pull them out but they look they look just like weeds right but maybe if I left them long enough maybe that's the source that, exactly that's what I'm thinking I mean where else I mean unless some bird dropped it but bottom line is that I, I'm just looking it up because I've never I don't know what a safflower or flower looks like <laughs> <laughs> well anyway that's what they told oh, me oh yeah pretty it. It, it is a mystery flower so the it's solved. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, well, that's good. And it actually doesn't, it looks kind of attractive. Sorry? It looks kind of attractive, this flower. Yeah, it is. It was in a bouquet that, that came to church, you know, for the church flowers. Okay, yeah. so, so that Can was... Can I ask you a question while, while you're there? Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> um, when is the best time to prune a, a spirea? Is it a pink flowering spirea? It's pink. I think it's called the gold mound. Oh, yeah. It might yeah. be the magic carpet. It's yeah. gold mound, I think. That's fine. And they're all sort of the, all the ones that have those pink flowers. The be- I personally do the pruning on those in the spring. 
And I give them a haircut in the spring. It's t- okay. you go reach in, take out deadwood because there's often bits of dead coming right from the base that's old and dry and dark, right. dark brown. But generally speaking, it's just a kind of a shearing in the spring. Some so, people will do it in the fall. You can do either fall or spring. I just find that it looks better to leave the plant over the winter and then prune it right down in the spring, down it, to you know a, a foot tall, basically. Well, it's it's got this lovely vase shape. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm just concerned. I don't want to spoil the shape of it. Well, no. So shear it in the same shape that it is. Just take it yeah. down. Yeah. Okay. Because otherwise, they just get big and tall and floppy. Yeah. Okay. So thank you, Charlie. You're welcome. Thanks Have for the call. Have a great call. day. Thank you for joining us here on the Garden Show, and Zoomer Radio, for solving the puzzle. Well, of the not only yellow that, but flower. I think that is the very first time that someone's asked you a question about a flower, and uh. you said. I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> and so, Brenda, thank you for that call. Safflower flower. Uh, safflower flower. <laughs> Let's see what's on Shirley's mind here from Victoria Harbor. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Morning. Uh, good morning, Charlie. I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. I've had a plant. I call it a hoy plant or a wax plant. Hoya, yes. And uh, it was. I've had it well over 18 years. I did mm-hmm. repot it once. Mm-hmm. And now it's all the leaves are drying up. Mm. falling off mm. and the stems are just like a piece of wood mm. there's nothing on it hardly so has anything changed in the last few months have you moved it outside for the summer no i never move it outside okay it sits in the same corner uh-huh. west southwest corner perfect and uh so it ha- probably hasn't been repotted in many years no no because a wax plant or hoya plant is a very, very thick-leaved, yeah. almost a succulent type of a plant. So the most common way to kill this plant is by overwatering. Uh-oh. Now, if you've had it for so long, you probably know how often or how often to not water it because uh-huh. it really doesn't take water much at all. Uh, it's kind of those once-a-month kind of watering situations but if it's been you know five or ten or fifteen years since it's been transplanted and given some fresh soil it could be that there is a salt buildup just from that old soil and the water that you know keeps going in there and the salt comes out the minerals etc in the water Mm. eventually build up and and it can become a toxic environment that would be my suggestion well, it's hanging out, and there's nothing left to it. <laughs> I know, but you know what? The root could still be alive. Oh. Like, so what you'll do, if I, what I would do is, you might even use the same pot again, but at least get it out of that pot, mm. scrub that pot, fresh soil, root back in, of course, cut the whole thing back. Hopefully a tiny bit of green on it somewhere will cause it to be able to sprout. Yeah, I got a couple of green leaves, and they're holding their own, but yeah. I can't see nothing on them. Like, I can't see any bugs or anything. No, it's it probably, there not many bugs. It's not a good plant for bugs. No. It's way too leathery. They just, they, <laughs> right. they, they walk away from that one. <laughs> they go for much tastier plants than that it's one. It's a shame because it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying is I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what's happened. It's just, it's a salt buildup. It needs fresh soil. Or if you don't want to go to the trouble of transplanting, even flushing water through it and then let it dry, 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 dry thoroughly. Oh. Okay. But cut all that dead stuff off? Cut the dead off. If you, there's any green left, leave the green. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 and then it last little blooming in April. I had two flowers, and from then on, nothing. No, and they're so nice. They're very fragrant, the flowers. Well, Pat, uh, Shirley, let us know uh, how that I goes, will, okay? I will do that. Very, right. very good. 
Okay, well, thank you. I listen to your show all the time, and you're a great help to me. Thanks for your call. That's great. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, Charlie, before we take our next break, we've got other folks. Of course, we're going to talk to Pat, Robert included. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we mentioned off the top of the show that you said, I got grubs. <laughs> so how do you know you've got grubs? Well, you know how I know I've got grubs? My lawn is turning yellow in patches, in a couple of patches. Mm-hmm. And typically... So yellow lawn, I'm thinking why, and of course lean down, tug on those yellow blades of grass, and they just come up. There's no roots attached. Right. So I know something's chewing the roots off. See, I thought it would be skunks, you know, digging in, in your lawn. Yeah, That's another skunks, raccoons, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Starlings, you can get a, you know, a whole wildlife thing mm-hmm. going on if once the grubs get to a certain size. But the, the other way you know you've got grubs, so I've got the yellow patches. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, it just could be, you know, hot weather extremes, you know, right. drought, etc. It is a spot that's on a bit of a hill and it is a hot spot because the west sun beats down onto that slope. <clears throat> but the other way that you can kind of get the idea that you might have grubs, not only because there's no roots on the grass, but also it's on the drip line of a tree. So it's the edge where when it rains, mm-hmm. the drips fall from the, the edge of the canopy and that's exactly what the, the beetles do when they lay eggs. They drop straight down from trees or high points and lay their eggs. And so, so strategic bombing little devils. Exactly. That, eh? So that so you know if you say okay, I've got this yellow spot there <clears throat> that's getting bigger. No roots attached. Look up. I'm on the edge of a tree. It's probably grubs. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm glad I asked. 922, as we uh, hopefully uh, gave you some great advice, we, uh, <laughs> I say that reservedly, and we shall return to the Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio in moments. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. Uh, under, under, under gardener. Gardener here I is, yes. We're going to jump in the family gardener chariot. Gardener in training, yes. <laughs> jump in the family chariot and go whipping off to Grafton, which is a little bit east of Coburg, and mm-hmm. say hi to Pat. Good morning, Pat. Yes, good morning. Morning. Um, I have a question about my sour <coughs> cherry tree. It's a hello. Yes, go ahead. Oh, it's a small tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I transplanted it about four years ago. Uh, that was the the year we had the early spring, and then we got the fr- freezing. Mm-hmm. So it's been struggling. Yeah. And this year it's done really well, mm. but there are parts of it that are obviously dead. Okay. They're not going to come back. Mm-hmm. And should I wait till February to prune it, or can I prune it say? Late fall, October, November. Remember whenever you see dead wood on a plant, whether it's a tree or a shrub or a rose or, a, you know, a honeysuckle vine, you can always trim out dead. Okay. At any time of year. Your one thing is don't do it when it's pouring rain or, you know, rain, rain is imminent because we don't like to wound plants when it's super moist. We want a nice, dry, sunny day where the wound will heal quickly. Okay. But definitely remove dead anytime you want. When it comes to actual proper pruning of the plant for maximizing fruit production, you're absolutely right. That's a February or March, early March uh, chore. Oh, okay. Okay, so and live wood on fruit trees, we prune late winter, but dead wood anytime you want. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Pat. Bye. Zoomer Radio, the garden show on the air. Here's Robert in Toronto. Good morning, Robert. Morning. Morning. 
I've got two mature maple trees in the back, and one of them every year in July starts, the leaves start changing colors hmm. and falling. Why is this happening to just one, and why is it so early that, that this is occurring instead of being in the fall? <laughs> Well, that tree thinks it's fall. <laughs> it's just it hasn't got a calendar that's updated. No, usually when um, trees do what we would call early defoliation or in the case prior to defoliating, changing color and then early defoliation, it's an indication that they are under stress for some reason. Your challenge is to figure out why that tree is stressed compared to the other one particularly. Sorry? It's obviously got something going on that's stressing the tree, putting right. it under um, the, something's wrong with its conditions, that in July it's suffering enough that it's ready to go head into winter and shut down because it's not a happy plant. So what's going on in July? Is it a spot where it's like, is it lack of water? Because we often do get drought conditions at this time, you know, through July, and then the tree starts to suffer. I mean, could it just be that compared to the other tree, you know, the other tree is in a lower area, there's more moisture there, and it's not experiencing the same stress? Um, You know, hard to say from afar. But generally, when when that happens, that's what it indicates. Okay, thank you very much. All righty, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning. A little cloudy today, but hopefully things will brighten up. Well, let's see what's on uh, Susan's mind out there in Union. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. How are you? Great. How Great. are you? Good. Listen, in the in the spring we were mulching, and I found I found a couple of little seedlings from a Japanese maple, mm. and we we put them in pots, and they've really grown well. They were just tiny little things, and one of them is about a foot tall now mm-hmm. and i'm just wondering what i can do with them in the winter like they're they're still small mm-hmm. would they survive if i put them pot, put them in the ground or if i bring them in the house like they're going to lose their leaves yeah what, what no I do? don't do that don't bring them in the house <clears throat> Because okay. remember, these are hardy plants, and they need to be outside living the conditions that they're prepared to live in. Okay. So they need to go through fall, they need to go through winter, and then they need to wake up again in the spring. So that's okay. all fine. Okay. When they're really tiny, a lot of times, it's like the oak trees that Frank and I uh, grew from little tiny acorns. We have little tiny oak trees. It's very hard to put what's going to be a big tree in its final location when it's very small. Right. Because it's so easy for it to get stepped on, right? right? You know, it's not close to anything. It might, you know, it's out in the middle of... Now, a Japanese maple will not get nearly as large as an oak. But nevertheless, it's something that if you can't put it in its final location, leave it in the pot. Uh-huh. And then as fall comes on, if you have an area in your garden, perhaps where your vegetables grow or uh, where some annuals get killed off by the frost, you would take the Japanese maple in its pot and bury it in the ground. Okay. The pot in the ground, leaving the little Japanese maple sticking up out of the ground. And leave it like that for the winter. In the spring, when everything thaws out, you'll pull the pot out of the ground. And again, care for it next summer, just like you have this summer, recognizing that it'll grow again. Now, by the time it's maybe two feet tall, you're in a position to put it in its final location and get it unpotted and into its proper location, you know, by within the year. Okay. Okay. So when it's about two feet tall. Yeah, just because it's like I said, when they're really small, they just have don't have the impact that they're going to have, right. and so it always it looks a bit silly in the garden as this specimen plant that nobody can even see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, All Susan. Right. You're calling in from Union, which I understand is just a little bit uh, well, not not closer 
from uh, Port, let's see, Stanley. Port Stanley, mm-hmm. right? Yes, we're about five minutes from Port Stanley. Okay. Now, when I was a young guy living in London, Ontario, we used to go to Port Stanley to get the small, tiny fish, and I'm trying to think what the heck they are. It's driving Schmelt. me crazy. Smelt! There you go. Yes, <laughs> that was we used to, at- we used to uh, um, fish for smelt down there with nets when, we, when I was... Yeah. Young people's actually. Yeah. Oh, really? So much fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I remember. How would you eat the smelt? Oh, yeah. You fry them up. You fry them. Yeah. yeah. Like so, like little sardines or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're wonderful. But they're really good, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Okay, thank you. They still do it, by the way. Oh. There you go. Put that Alrighty. on your, your list of My things to do. List. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Thanks Susan. Thanks for calling. Okay, driving, driving me crazy. Trying what, to remember. What little fish was that? So, you, no. like, um, head and all. Like, you wouldn't. Yeah. You don't sit there, like, cleaning no, no, them or anything. No. They're tiny. Head, head and all. Yeah. No, so, you man, catch good. them, wash them, fry yeah, them, and fry eat them. Up. Yummy, yummy. Yeah, Lucky tummy. <laughs> hey, Richard in York. Now, there we go. Where's York, Richard? Good morning. Hi, Richard. Where's York? From New York, I'm in New York State. Um, oh, New York State! Oh, oh. welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Richard. Well, thank you very much. Nice to be here, and finally got through. <laughs> I, Rosa Sharon, I know if you've had any episodes with them, but this year, but we get blossoms that they're almost ready to open, mm. and then they fall off. Yeah, I've had that too. This year, we've seen so many uh, around. I just wonder if something's around killing them or. Striking them because there are a lot of blossoms that do open and stay on. Okay. Well, all right. So, I don't know if anybody had said anything to you about no, that. Yeah, no, I haven't heard anything specific about Rose of Sharon. It could be that there's just so many buds that the plant is overwhelmed by the amount of energy required to open all those buds. Uh, and it could are, be. Yeah. Oh, they're very loaded this year. Yeah, so they're just the self pruning. Okay. I mean, many fruit trees do that. They'll, they'll self prune because they just can't possibly, you know, mature all that fruit that they end up with. Sure. Uh, so it, it, that's what I would suspect. Okay, good. I'm glad there's nothing else. Cause I don't see anything else on yeah. the leaves or nothing else. No, they're great plants in that sense. They just don't get a. They don't have a lot of problems with insects or diseases. That's good. I wish the forsythia was the same way. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hey, Richard. Okay, well, thank you so much. Where, where in the, where in New York State are you? You know where? Um, well, Dunkirk, New York is, or oh, well, Buffalo, or yeah, or, yeah, or south mm. for about forty-five miles south of Buffalo. Okay, mm. and is this your, is this your first time calling the show? No, it's not. You've called before. Oh, great. Glad well, to have you. Glad to have you with us. Yeah, thanks oh, for thank calling. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Okay, bye bye now. There's Richard York, about 45 minutes south of Buffalo. Well, thank you. Miles south. Yeah, yeah 45 miles. Yeah, miles. gotcha. <laughs> have a good one. Thanks, Richard. And how many kilometers is that, Frank? Uh, oh, jeez. You got me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> she stumped me, too. Hmm. Well, these days, i got to get into that. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. We'll, we'll metricate you. So you. All righty. Uh, bye bye now. Oh, okay, boy, a busy show here this morning yeah. uh, in Hamilton. There's Dorothy. Good morning, Dorothy. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Um, I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. I have four hydrangeas that for the last two years, they've had no flowers on them. Mm-hmm. Up until then, they did. They're just a beautiful plant of wonderful green yeah, leaves, yeah. but no flowers. And so, sorry, how many years has it been with no flowers? Uh, two. Two. Okay, now, are they, are, you planted these hydrangeas? 
or you you know you you didn't inherit them. You actually no no. I I bought them bought. from a nursery. Yeah. Uh, Tara, as a matter okay, of yeah, fact, yeah. and um, they just they're beautiful. Do you remember? Leaves, but yeah, I have no flowers for the last two. Two summers. Summer. So do you remember the names of those hydrangeas by any chance? Oh, I don't. Would, does the name Endless Summer ring a bell? Uh, no, I know they're not that. Okay. They're uh, a smaller um, in height uh-huh. than an Endless Summer. Okay. And when they did flower, they had round flowers? Yes, they had round flowers. And they were probably pink or purple? Yes, yes. Huh. Well, okay, so if they were planted within the last 10 years, then they're likely one of the newer varieties of hydrangea, the mop head hydrangeas, that should bloom on new growth, so the growth from this spring and summer, plus any growth from last year. What happens is that um, the older hydrangeas, ones that were planted, you know, 20, 30 years ago, only made buds in the fall. And then what would happen, of course, the flower buds that were on the plant in the fall would often get frosted off over the winter. So come spring, the buds would all be, the flower buds would be dead. The plant would be alive, but the flower buds would be dead and we'd get a lot of green leaves and we wouldn't get a lot of flowers. So the newer varieties and the endless summer was kind of the first one and there's many other varieties since then should bloom on this year's growth, as I said, as well as any that survived from last year's growth. However, they are not consistent bloomers. That I think we can all attest to. (laughs) Any of us that have planted these hydrangeas in the last five, ten years have seen very inconsistent flowering from them. I'm afraid to say. Should I just... um I, I've talked to them and Good. said, well, this is your second summer, no flowers. You're going to be dug out in the fall. That's, well, so I would give them... I just I'd give them, them with uh, a newer variety. How much sun are they growing in? Oh, they get a lot of sun okay. and uh, some shade, but okay. they get a, a fair amount of sun. Yeah, I mean, they, they like a half-day sun, preferably morning sun rather than afternoon, because afternoon sun, they tend to really look floppy and wilt yes, in the heat. Yes. But, uh, but it doesn't, you know, it's, they'll still survive, and, and they do need at least a half-day sun in order to form flowers. Well, they certainly get that. Um, with you, when you fertilize, did you fertilize them this spring? Yes, okay. I did, and uh, and the um, we put a lot of mulch down as good. well. Good. Okay, that's good because that helps hold the moisture in the soil. And did you trim them in the spring? Trim off uh, anything that was dead, or did you just yes, let them grow? Yes, I did. Okay. Okay, no, that's good. The only other thing I would suggest, because you are calling from Hamilton, hydrangeas would love a soil that is slightly on the acidic side. So meaning a little lower pH than a neutral pH. So 6.5 pH would be optimal for hydrangeas. And you'll know if the pH isn't perfect if the green leaves aren't super dark green. If they're like a bright, bright Kelly green or a lime green, that tells you that um, some acidity is required to make those plants even happier. Uh, Well, the strange part is, Charlie, that I have two other very large hydrangeas, Mm -hmm. and they've had beautiful flowers on them. And they're the white blooming ones? Uh, No, it was um, 
the one behind the garage, it was uh, sort of um, a pale pink. Mm -hmm. And the other one had a very unusual uh, flower, not a ball. Oh, yeah, the lace cap. And and they're doing great. Mm. It's just these other ones. And they're the newest ones, the ones that you've purchased most recently. Yes. Huh. Well, continue to threaten them. Next spring, trim them right down to about, you know, three to four inches tall. The whole plant. The whole plant, all four of all all four of the plants right down and to the, you know, to a bud, to a green bud. And that's in probably late April, early May. And then let them grow and cross our fingers that you've got some flowers showing up in uh, July because that's when we would expect them to bloom. And if they don't do what they're supposed to do, you could dig them up uh, the following, at the end of the summer next year. Okay. Thank you, Dorothy. Thank you. I, by the way, Frank, I am a first-time caller. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you I very really much. I enjoy your show. Thank you so much, Thanks Dorothy. Thanks again. All righty. Uh, we have to take a little bit of a break now at 941 here on The Garden Show. But we're going to be... Hey, you know where we're going uh, in just a couple of months? No. Wyoming. Nice. Yeah, all the way to Wyoming <laughs> here in Ontario. But it's Wyoming uh, in moments. <laughs> Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Charlie and I are so glad that you could join us here on a Saturday morning as we broadcast live and direct from mm-hmm. the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. That's right. As I say, we're going to Wyoming. Okay, but right just now. before yes. we go to oh, Wyoming, yes. you, you just made me think of something. Of course, the Pan Am Games, yep. the Parapan, is yep. on right now. Mm-hmm. And did you hear on the radio yesterday, they were talking about convoys of buses going... Yeah, going up the 404. So I was at the head of a convoy. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, timing is everything. Well, you right? are so athletic. I just had yeah. no idea that that's what I was getting into. <laughs> and I thought that I could just sort of uh, get past. But yeah. the, there were so many police. See, they didn't tell – they told us it was a convoy of buses, but they didn't tell us that there was a police escort. Oh, so you can't I guess I was them. supposed yeah. to know that. There was hundreds of police surrounding the convoy. So they, they totally you controlled. They were all chasing you. Well, I thought I could get ahead of, those, of them, but no – they wouldn't let us get some ahead. Some of those past parking tickets. So we were going 40 yeah. kilometers an hour up the Don Valley Parkway. It was very fun. I'll bet you. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Hey, Wyoming. Hello, Anne. Nice to have you with us. <laughs> yes. Morning. Good morning. Charlie, I was wondering, I've got some peonies that I would like to move. Mm-hmm. And also, if possible, if you think, divide them at the same time. Yep. Uh, when and how do you think, should I do that? Your timing is perfect to ask that question. When we do any digging and dividing of peonies, we do it in the fall. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now what time in the fall? You, when, anything that we're digging and dividing, we like to do it six, at least six weeks before the first hard frost. Okay. Of course, you never know when that first hard frost is going to be. But where you are, it's probably typically in late November. Okay. So you've got right up until any time up until the middle of October to actually do this digging and dividing and transplanting to get those plants into the ground so their little roots can start to grow and they'll be ready to, to handle the winter and be ready to go next spring. Okay. Now, just to give you a bit of a background on peonies, you got to lift the whole thing, the, the whole big tuber. Sometimes it's huge, depending on how long it's been there, with a garden fork. 
and then you allow it to dry out for a number of hours because otherwise it's very brittle. If you let it dry out a bit, it'll get a little bit rubbery and you can then, using your sharp knife, cut it all up into pieces with eyes, uh, just like a potato, basically, and then allow that to dry out for another number of hours, each of those pieces, before you you plant back into the ground. Okay, now should I cut off all the... Foliage, or will it probably by that time it'll be done anyway? That's right. If it isn't done, you will it will be done by the time you're doing all that handling of it. So yes, you will cut cut it all off. Okay. And also, if I wanted to give pieces to mm-hmm. uh, my daughter, mm-hmm. if I potted them up. Mm-hmm. Um, should I bury that pot? Um, yes, in the if you're, that's right. If your daughter can't get those, uh, tra- you know, newly potted peonies into the ground, okay. then the pots should be buried for the winter. Okay. Okay, okay. and then great. put out Good. into the garden in the spring. Good. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay. Bye now. Bye bye now. And uh, hey, look at that time. There's actually a really really good uh, YouTube video on uh, digging and dividing peonies. Which I would so, recommend okay. and how, how considers well, Google just Google uh, you know transplanting peony, and there'll be 101 different places to go. Yeah. But there will be a YouTube video that'll be one of the places. It's about it's, it's probably 10 minutes long, like uh-huh. it's quite long, and it's very well done. There's a lot of good detail. Okay, right. good good tip indeed. Uh, uh, well, always good tips from Charlie. I was going to say <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bill in Fort Erie, welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> oh, good morning. Good morning. I have a couple of uh, 40-foot ash trees in my backyard. Mm-hmm. We've got the emerald ash borer in the area. Mm-hmm. People are telling me that it's better to take them down before they're completely, you know, before they're dead. Oh. Do you agree with that? Um, no, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you do you know that the borers are in the trees, are the trees starting to show indications that they have been infested? Well, that's kind of hard to tell, but uh, there's some dead branches up top. Well, that's right. And when the emerald ash borer enters the plant, they do enter from the top. So you will see some death starting at the top. The other way we know we've got emerald ash borer, you'll often see a lot of suckering or green shoots growing from low down on the trunk. Also, if you inspect, sometimes you'll see sawdust around the base of the trunk on the, at ground level. Um, but personally, do I think there's an advantage to taking the trees down before they're completely dead? Not really, because we're going to find that some trees can withstand the emerald ash borer, just like we found some elms withstood Dutch elm disease. So I wouldn't, I mean, if they do get infested and they do start to die, you will need to take them down. But I wouldn't rush it unless there's some reason that they're precariously poised over top of something that they could, you know, drop on and and destroy. Um, But just a couple of big trees in the back, I wouldn't be overly concerned until they're 90% dead. And then, yes, I would take them down. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thanks for your call. Thank you, Bill. Uh, before we head to our next break, just to note that, hey, we have a line free right now, which is rather unusual, mm. 416-360-0740, or if you're anywhere in Ontario, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. At 9.50 on a Saturday morning here from Zoomer Radio, Charlie and I shall return momentarily. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias. 
Bridges, Forsythia and Foxclubs, Marigolds, Magnolia, Lavender and Lupins, Dahlias, Delphiniums, Stocks, Flocks, Hollyhocks, Tulips and Sweet Williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Sue Chef of the Garden, Frank Proctor, welcoming from Barry. here is Delane. Good morning. Good morning, you too. Good morning. Oh, you need a longer program. <laughs> this time of year particularly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm wondering about my rhubarb. Uh, now I'm sure that it's uh, had the biscuit, so to speak. Mm. And I'm just wondering, do you pull all the, the stalks out? Or just leave it die. I'd let just let it be. I mean, you're not harvesting it anymore. No. But allow it to, I mean, unless it's just really tattered and ugly and brown and yellow and all that sort of thing, I would just let it be. I mean, remember, the, the longer you can leave green leaves on a plant, the more photosynthesis will take place, the bigger and stronger the root becomes, and the bigger and better the plant is next year. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, like I said, unless it's a problem, looks really ugly, or is take, you know, taking over a spot you don't want it to, I would just let it be. Okay, great. Okay. And make your program longer. All right, we'll work on that. <laughs> okay. I think, I think we'll get some pushback from uh, the guys uh, in the Dave's Corner Garage. Oh, yeah, some serious pushback from <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Delane. Enjoy your uh, weekend, and uh, thank you for sharing part of your time with us. Brampton, that's where Angela is. Good morning, uh, Brand- uh, Angela. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. How are you two? Good. Excellent. Good. I have two hydrangeas I bought, one blue, one pink. Mm -hmm. The blue one is growing profusely, Mm. blooming profusely. The pink one, last year, it bloomed pink. This year, all I have is a bunch of green leaves. (laughs) We've been hearing this story from a few callers, eh, Frank? Yep. So, okay, when, when did you plant these plants? Two years ago? Last year. Oh, last year. So they were blooming when you bought them, blooming when you planted them. They looked great. Now, this year, the blue one is doing a good job, making you happy. The pink one, not so much. Pink one's just green. So, a bunch of green leaves. I and know. Beautiful. I know. And do you remember the name of these hydrangeas by any chance? Oh, no. no. I think they're the endless ones. Yeah, they probably are endless summer. So, what I would do is remain calm and recognize that hydrangeas are inconsistent, particularly the endless summer series, are, are quite inconsistent in their flowering. Oh. So, see what happens next year. In the meantime, of course, next spring, Cut them down, you know, six, eight inches tall, fertilize in the spring, provide compost, provide mulch, provide moisture as required, make sure they're getting at least a half a day sun, and, uh, and cross your fingers that they'll both bloom for you next year. Okay. Okay. So should I cut it down, say, in the, in the fall? No, I would leave them alone in the fall. Just in the spring, we cut them down because we're cutting off dead wood. Typically, oh. if, um, depending on the snow level and the temperatures we have in the winter, there's typically some death on the tips of the hydrangeas. So you always oh. want to take the dead, the brown, the shriveled out in the spring. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, I hope it blooms next year. I know. Will you so go out? gorgeous. You know, it's green and beautiful. But yeah. that's, the inconsistency is frustrating, but you just get out there and threaten that plant that it's not going to last long in your garden if it's not going to cooperate. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> but the funny thing that is that it bloomed last year is what I you know, not, don't understand. Well, usually they're blooming in the nursery, and that's why we buy them, because they look great in the nursery. Yeah, and then they, the blooms fell off, and, mm. and a new bloom came on. Mm, that's good. 
I know. They, they, they typically, like I said, they're blooming when we buy them, and that's what, what causes us to think they're so gorgeous. So, well, get it, give it another chance. Don't worry yet. Okay. okay. Thanks, Angela. Thank Thanks you very much. All right. We have time for one more caller here. Every time I know the location is what concerns me. Lorna mm. is going to be with us here momentarily. Mm. Whenever I see this location, I go, oh, I've got to fight my instincts to say, Wasaga It is Beach. Wasaga. Yes, but I always think Wasaga. Wasaga Beach. Whenever, uh, I think everybody I know Well, yeah, because London, it's only the locals that call yeah. it Wasaga Beach, so yeah. it's way cooler to call it Wasaga Beach because yeah. then it sounds like you're local. It sounds like a, you know what I'm talking about. Hip. <laughs> <laughs> Lorna, are you hip? Yes. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. you welcome to the show. Go ahead. Um, we have just moved into a new house, and... Um, there's brown patches on the lawn, mm-hmm. and I was wondering when is the best time to reseed those spots and how to do it. Well, double check that there's not grubs there causing the yellow spots. And so the way, just tug on some of those yellow blades of grass yes. and ensure that they are rooted into the ground. If they're rooted, we don't worry about grubs. If the blades of grass just come right up because there's virtually no roots left, then you'll want to treat for grubs before you start the, the reseeding yeah. and top dressing, which you will want to do in early, starting in early September. Still a bit too potentially warm to really be effective with grass seed. We want the temperatures to be a little bit cooler and a little more rain in the forecast, and then the grass seed will come up very quickly. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Well, thank thank you. All righty. So from uh, all sorts of places, Grafton, Union, Hamilton, Wyoming, we are all over the map. All over the country. Two countries, too. That's right. And uh, we have to... uh, Kind of vacate the premises because the boys from Dave's. They'll run us are, over. Yeah, they're they're revving the engines I right know. now. I know they're just like what do you, plow what do you think right got through for the rest of the. Journey? I told you I am going to my local oh, garden center yeah. to pick up nematodes. nematodes. I'm on grub duty, right? Grub control, and yourself, other well, than going to a wedding that you're going to well, crash. I'll be back at two o'clock for an hour and a half of uh, great music. Wearing and your tux when fun. you come in. Uh, I'll, I'll be wearing sporty attire. It's a, you know, so folks it's are invited to the wedding here. Casual uh, wedding? Casual, yeah. Uh, yeah. Business casual, they call that? No, well, I, I don't think. Maybe just cash. I mean, not wearing shorts or anything like well, that. Well, uh, no. yeah, I hope you're going to dress a, up a bit more than you are now. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Stylish one, you devil you. Uh, we got a scoot. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Franklin, again, as usual, for all your wonderful help. Thank you, Sebastian, for all your wonderful help. And like you said, we couldn't have this great show without so many great callers. Absolutely. All over the place. We really appreciate all the good questions and, and just the diverse. Uh, information that comes out every show. So keep it coming. We'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.